Hello and welcome to Reading with Carrie, a mindfulness podcast series that can be used as a sleep aid or to ease your anxiety and relieve your stress. I am your host, Carrie Fable, and I am so thankful that you've decided to spend some time with me. Tomorrow, Thursday the 26th, is Thanksgiving in America. Although the tradition is built on thankfulness and giving blessings, the root of how America came to be is not as peaceful and full of love. It's a tough pill to swallow, and a fact I try to avoid or walk on eggshells around. However, I do pride myself in finding a positive spin to everything. Since I am known for reading fairy tales and legends, and Disney, well, Disneyfied the story of Pocahontas, who is a Native American, I thought it might be appropriate to tell her true story in a way to educate while also celebrating a wonderful and powerful young woman. First, in honor of giving thanks, let's start with a brief breathing exercise on gratitude. First, let's focus on our breath. Natural, slowly inhale. Don't force your breath. Just feel the inhale into your lungs. Hold it for just a moment and exhale slowly. In on a slow count of four. Hold it and exhale on a slow count of four. Let's now focus a bit on our mind. We are going to think of three things you should be grateful for. You may be in a difficult situation or time in your life right now, and so this question may be hard to answer. That's okay. You can be grateful for small things, like the air you breathe and the water you drink. Or you can name something on a massive scale. That's good too. Just try to answer the question If you could, what would you be grateful for right now? Or what do you hold in your heart? Focus on just one of these three things for now. Focus and be truly grateful in this moment. Think whatever it is in your mind. Metaphorically embrace this thing for which you are grateful. Now move your attention to the second thing you are grateful for, the second item you hold in your heart. Again, it can be very simple like your favorite beverage, or perhaps a pet, or even an item you own. Right now, be truly grateful for that thing. Think about what it brings to your life, and thank it internally. And now move on to the third thing for which you are grateful for. It doesn't have to be something physical. It could be a concept or an idea. Perhaps an activity you enjoy doing. Or a blessing you feel you have in your life. Focus on this item and be truly grateful in this moment. Really see it in your mind and feel the joy it brings you. Slowly bring your focus back to your breath once more. Just sit with the rhythm for a moment without adjusting it in any way. When you're ready, 
open your eyes. Notice two things in the room that you haven't noticed before or haven't paid much attention to in a while. Look around and notate the first item. Really see it. Name that item and review it. Now find the second item and focus your attention on it for a moment. Name this item as well and look it over. Great job! You've completed the exercise. I like to take a nice, long, slow sigh to celebrate, and I invite you to do the same as well. And now here's the story. I had started doing research, but due to time constraints and the concern that I may portray the real historic Native American tribe incorrectly, I have decided to read an article in its full from Cultura Collectiva. The link will be in the description along with all the other links I had been using in my research. This article is titled, The True Story of Pocahontas. Did she really betray her people for love? By Maria Isabel Carrasco and was published July 6th, 2017. Once upon a time in a faraway land, a young and brave explorer was captured by a group of natives who felt threatened by him. After a trial, he was sentenced to death and sent to an underground prison to await for his inevitable doom. However, in the middle of the night, the young explorer saw a beautiful woman approaching him. He was perplexed by her beauty, so much so that he thought he was dreaming. The woman was no other than the king's daughter and princess of the tribe, who had come to save him because she had fallen in love with him. In return for saving his life, he went back home and got engaged to a noble woman. But the princess, upon hearing the news, didn't give up so easily. She escaped from the village and went in pursuit of the love of her life. She arrived on the day of the wedding, and the moment the young man clasped eyes on her, he abandoned his engagement and pledged his love to the princess. They lived happily ever after. Sound familiar? Well, based on the title of the article and the story, you'd say that we're narrating the story of Pocahontas and John Smith. However, this is actually an old Scottish ballad called Young Baichan. So what do they have in common? And why is this story so familiar to the Pocahontas tale we all know and love? Turns out that this was an old motif found in so many poems and ballads at the time that everyone was familiar with it. Now, how did this cliché storyline come to represent the life of this particular woman? Now, for the first time, Disney isn't guilty of this mythification. We have to thank John Smith himself for appropriating the story and making himself its protagonist in his General History of Virginie, 1624. The story says John Smith arrived in the New World in 1607 among a group of a hundred settlers. He started exploring the land, but in one of his expeditions, he was captured by the Powhatan tribe, commanded by Chief Wahoon Seneca. However, his capture wasn't as terrible as one would imagine, and in his letter, he claims that they shared a huge meal. However, he never mentioned the chief's daughter for about eight years. She was first mentioned in a letter he wrote to Queen Anne in 1616. Smith asked the Queen for permission to bring Pocahontas to England in a diplomatic visit and told her the story of how they met, which is now stuck in our collective imagination. He told the story of how this brave and beautiful girl saved his life by putting herself between Smith and her father when he was about to be executed. When he published his General History of Virginie, 
He expanded his version by adding that they intended to beat his head with stones and clubs, but Pocahontas had embraced him, covering his body. Naturally, the queen loved the story of the exotic girl, willing to give her life to save the English explorer, and soon became a legend. According to historian Camilla Townsend, this is precisely what has made her such a popular icon among American people, who in the early 18th century made her one of the favorite nationalist symbols. They loved the story of a Native American woman who worshipped white culture so much that she was willing to risk her life to save a settler. Naturally, this version of the story has never been loved by Native Americans, since they find it unrealistic and vicious. Then why is she often considered a traitor? Did she really betray her people for love? Townsend explains that many have treated the story in a superficial way without properly analyzing the evidence. The historical documents many have based their accounts on are essentially just John Smith's writings, which haven't been read carefully. To begin with, why has no one questioned why he never mentioned her in his important writings? The thing is, the documents that are generally revised are his letters and his published texts, but historians haven't paid too much attention to his personal diary, which actually has random sentences mentioning her. Investigations have proven that they met and befriended each other during the time he was held prisoner. His diaries show that both taught their mother tongue to each other. Phrases like, tell Pocahontas to bring me three baskets, dotted his diary both in English and Algonquian. Now, could we believe in Smith's writings when he basically took an old ballad motif and adapted it to become its hero? Moreover, as evidence has shown, he had used the motif in previous expeditions, saying beautiful native women had saved him at perilous moments. Basically, the man loved making himself the protagonist of great stories. Now, as for the execution, Townsend and the specialists behind the investigation conducted by the Smithsonian Museum agree that one of the possibilities is that he might have misunderstood an adoption ritual ceremony to welcome him. However, even if this is true, it's very unlikely that Pocahontas was present at the ceremony since she was only 11 years old, meaning that she was, in fact, too young to participate in these rituals. Talking about her age, the romantic version he narrated is also unrealistic, even to the standards of his time. As the story progresses, Smith had to go back to England due to a gun wound, and years later Pocahontas was captured during the First Anglo-Powhatan War and held captive in Henricus, an English fort settlement where she met John Rolfe, the innovative and pious man who founded the most important tobacco plantation in the New World. There, she was introduced to English practices, and was even converted to Christianity, taking the name of Rebecca. Actually, she was the first Native American to be converted, a plan the English concocted to conquer the different tribes living in the region. The next step was making a truce with the tribes, and the way to do so was by marrying her to Rolf. More than the traitor many loved to depict her as, Pocahontas was, in fact, a courageous woman who had to play out all her strategies to help her people during the imminent conquest they were facing. She didn't adopt European traditions because she worshipped their culture, but because she had to play along with this political chess game by becoming an ambassador and translator, setting communication bridges between two cultures. Thank you for listening. I welcome you back anytime you may need to hear a comforting voice or a familiar bedtime story.